We're talking a Giants win to start this week on the Locked on Giants podcast. David Turner joins me to break it all down coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia China here with you, and happy Monday to everybody. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen of the day. And guess what, folks? We have a win. That's right. We have a Giants win, 27-21 in overtime over the New Orleans Saints. We are going to talk about a win, and I am so psyched. I hope I remember how to do this. And, of course, joining me, as he has every week, is David Turner, uh, former NFL scout, former um, personnel guy. He has been with me every week. He's been with me going back to the Senior Bowl, and his insight has been absolutely you know, a godsend in helping to break down this New York Giants season and what they're doing. And, David, my friend, we have a win. <laughs> you sound <laughs> so, so like, honestly, you sound so excited, which is awesome to hear in your voice. And it's really great to hear that that win come out of your mouth, because <laughs> last week we were all gloom and doom. And now today we get to talk about a win and one that was a little surprising, I think, to some people. No, not a lot of people gave them uh, a chance to go down there to New Orleans in that rocking environment and and come home with the W. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm surprised I still remember how to spell win. I mean, it's been so long, but okay, seriously, I'll, I'll put the giddiness aside here because I'm just, I'm just so happy, but David, let's start off with what we saw, how the giants um, changed on offense. Now, just leading up uh, before you answer the question, Head coach Joe Judge spoke about how they were going to try and change some different concepts and maybe do things a little bit differently this week to get better production in the red zone, uh, to get to open up some plays, to get some points on the board. What did you see them do differently than they haven't done yet this uh, this season? Offensively, they they seem to run, which was interesting because of the personnel switch ups like. Some of the stuff they ran today, obviously, Tony got, uh, was it nine receptions or, or targeted nine times and then received uh, six of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they ran stuff that kind of benefited him and Ross the most, explosive plays. You know, when, when they have Shepard in there and uh, Slayton, you see a different play calling. Today, when you have the two speed speedsters out there, you know, two of their um, – scores were one play drives where a long ball went to Ross and another one went um, a long ball went to Barkley. Right. So, you know, they were looking downfield. Uh, Jason was calling downfield stuff, but he was also running two man zone concepts. So what that means is you'll have uh, someone clear the zone and then a second guy through. And if they don't carry the top end guy with a safety or, or the corner doesn't run with them, then they shoot the ball to the top end guy going over the top. If they do carry 
that first guy, the second guy is often wide open. And we saw a lot of that, especially in the third and fourth quarter. We saw a lot of those concepts today, too. So, you know, it's not necessarily the rub concept that I talk about all the time, but it's a, it's a similar because of the way they're running two guys through. And they ran a lot of crossing routes today, too, which was nice to see because, again, Galladay, I think that's one of his stronger suits is going across the field and uh, with his strong hands was he targeted seven times, caught six of them, 116, you know. So, again, it was uh, it was really nice to see some of the concepts that they did, but I think personnel forced them into that because they didn't have Shepard and Slayton. Which brings up the question. I mean, if, if they knew that this could – well, maybe they did know. I don't know. But why weren't they mixing this in more all, as they were going along? I mean, I know Sterling – Shepard was the hot hand coming out of training camp. Um, And it just seemed like they kind of molded the game plan around what he did well while leaving these other guys out in the cold, so to speak. So what I don't understand is why not mix it a little bit better? Well, I personally think Shepard can do some of this stuff as well, you know, and hopefully today proved to Jason to have these on the card more and be more predominant with them. And again, look what they did with Barkley today. I loved it. Again, rushing attempts, only 13. I wish he would be up around 17, 18 on that. So about five, four or five more touches there. Um, but receiving, I mean, they targeted him six times. He caught five of them, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. And then he had 74 yards there and a touchdown. So, you know, it's uh, I love how they're working him more into the game plan with stuff outside, you know, lining up outside using a speed that can separate from linebackers and safeties. And again, I think that was just a, we weren't sure if Barkley was all the way back or not. So we can't really ask too much of him, whatever. But last week we saw, um, what was it? 22 touches combined with the, the um, rushing and the receiving. And today, you know, we're seeing, you know, 18. So I think they're getting more comfortable with his health and being able to lean on him a little bit more. And I hope going forward, like I said, he's up around that 18, 19 rushes and then still getting like, you know, six or seven targets in the pass game. I would love for them to work the screen game better. You know, honestly, I think with Barkley and um, Tony and Ross, they, they really, and Shepard, they can work, I think, more screen game into their concepts and they would be uh, – they, they would be even more dynamic on offense because now you don't know if they're going to shoot the ball deep or they're going to run a screen, something short, and that, that will keep the defense on their heels a little bit more. Now that they came out and they stretched the field so well today, let's work some screen game in and let's not try a jet streak with uh, Evan Ingram ever again. Let's take that one and throw it in the trash. How about that? Did you uh, see that play coming? I know I was watching and I, and I said, uh, jet screen coming up. And sure enough, I was like, ah, when they ran the, when they ran them across, I'm like, oh, they're going to run a rub. Cause you know, with the motion, it causes almost an automatic rub. If the backside receiver just does a, a quick in route or, or slant or something, he rubs on the coverage. So I'm like, oh, they're going to move Evan across, rub him. And they're down by the goal line, throw it to him. He can stretch over the line and get it no matter what, right? Like, here we go. I like this idea when I saw him going in motion. And then they ran the jet sweep with him. And I was, I said some proverbial things that I can't say on your show. And um, I was baffled at the play calling. I think that's when I text you 
um, because I was just like, what is going on? Like the play calling on that goal line series to me was just strange. Um, you know, again, you got Tony, you got Ross, you want to run a jet sweep, you got Barkley, you even got Booker. Like you got all these people you can run a jet sweep with that know how to do it, that are very good at it. And you choose Evan Ingram to run it with. Come on, Jason, you're better than that. No, no uh, prejudice against Evan. We know how you feel about Evan, though. But, they, uh, yeah, I'm I'm done with them. I can't. I'm just over Evan Ingram. I can't. And he had the drop again on third down. But you know what? It didn't hurt them. Thank goodness. But let's talk. Let's 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 keep it positive because you know it's still <laughs> a win. <laughs> let's keep it positive. Let's talk about Daniel Jones and the improvement that this kid has shown. Because let's face it, he has shown improvement. What are you seeing from him? Where has he taken the biggest step forward? And where does he still have room to grow so far after four games? I think the improvement with him right now is reading defenses. He's doing it pretty well. You don't see a lot of mental mistakes. You see Aaron throws, which is, to me, when I'm watching him, his Aaron throws are often when he's under pressure. He's not moving his arm to different levels, as we call it. You know, it can't just be that over-the-top perfect throw. Sometimes you got to go to the side like you see Aaron Rodgers or old-school Elway, you know, or the Bernie Kosar sidearm, right? Like, you got to throw at the pro level from different levels, and that's one thing he's not doing well. But – and some of the throws were high today. His footwork, he wasn't setting his feet firm and generating the throw from his feet. So – there were a few of those where I was disappointed, um, but I, I think he's, he's mentally the game is slowing down for him. He's not at he's not Eli yet, where that game was like molasses, like Eli could see it all right. Um, really slowly, it happened quick, but it was slow for him. I think Jones is slowing down, and that's a good sign. That is a really good sign for the Giants. I mean, he had 402 yards throwing today, so we can't bag on the kid. You know what I mean? He did well. I know he missed 12 passes, but he had some drops. Like you said, Ingram dropped one. I think it counted four four or five drops today where he hit the receiver, and the receiver just you know was in their hands or on their chest or somewhere, was in the catch radius, and they dropped him on him. So – You add those four more catches, you know, the guy only missed like eight passes today. And a couple of those were throwaways when he was running for for his life, you know, so. Yeah. He he didn't have a bad game. No, he didn't. And, you know, the uh, the one thing I wish they wouldn't charge against him was that Hail Mary interception at the end of the half. But unfortunately, that does go to his record. So as far as I'm concerned, he had no, no turnovers. Now, staying with the quarterback. We got to give kudos to the offensive line. No sacks allowed. I think they only gave up six quarterback hits. Um, they did a pretty good job. Not bad considering they were on their fourth different starting combination in as many weeks. Um, they're still trying to, to get these guys, you know, in sync with one another. I mean, some some early game issues it looked like with some stunts. I mean, this this offensive line with stunts and twists still has problems, but I thought overall. Not a bad job by this offensive line. What did you think? I mean, the run the run blocking was a little eh, but the pass protection was really, really good. I felt that they did a really nice job. And I'll be honest with you, I thought I didn't understand the Saints game plan on defense when it came late, you know, because 
you, you know, you got to get to the quarterback and they stopped sending guys. And I was like, why are you just trying to get there with four? And they got some twists and stuff from Cam in there, Cam Jordan. Um, but again, I thought the Saints should have been blitzing more with with the trouble, you know, with the injuries at receiver, the trouble the offensive line has historically had. If I was Dennis Allen, I would have been bringing more heat. They didn't, which completely helped the Giants game plan. And uh, you know what? Thank you, Dennis, for that. And we'll take it because, you know, not not every day we get those kind of things. Right. So um, but the offensive line did block well today. They struggled on some twists. Um, like I said, they, you know, Daniel still got hit six times. But, you know, for all in all, for what we've seen out of this line and this group, wasn't a bad day. I mean, they got to be able to come off the ball and move some people, though, and open up holes for Barkley and Booker and get the get that run game going. And hopefully in the next few weeks, they'll be able to do that. All right, Giant fans, we have much more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, if you do a lot of driving like I do, then you need to know about a fantastic new app called Get Upside. When you open an account on Get Upside, you can get up to 25 cents per gallon back every time you fill up at the pump. Over time, that kind of savings adds up. Some people are making as much as two to $300 per month in cash back with Get Upside, which not makes it only easy to save, but also gives you multiple cash out options, including PayPal, direct to your bank account, gift cards, you name it, you can get it. And you can get the, ca- the cash out options at any point. And now for a limited time, when you open an account and use our special promo code touchdown, you can get a bonus 25% back on your first fill up. So that's 50 cents off on your first fill up once you open an account using our promo code touchdown. So download the free Get Upside app, use our special promo code again, that's touchdown, and start saving every time you fill your car or truck at the pump. All right. Now, David, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. And I got to admit, I mean, I was really surprised by the statistic here. No sacks. And let me just check real quick the game book. No sacks. And the Giants had no quarterback hits. What what gives there? I mean, were they just not getting there in time? I mean, what did you see as the big thing with, with them not getting any kind of significant pressure on Jameis Winston? Well, Jameis... A, Jameis got rid of the ball quick. Kamara, you know, was all was running well early and was, you know, opening up some of the pass uh, play action for Jameis, right? You know, Kamara ended up with uh, 120 uh, yards on 26 carries. So, I mean, he, he was a workhorse today, plus he caught uh, a few balls, I think, as well. So, you know, it, it's a tough offense to defense. I'm not going to lie. I mean... Sean's done a really good job with that offense and it's a really tough offense to defense. I just think that our guys didn't have enough time to get there. We rarely blitzed. We were playing a lot of that zone, keep them in front of us type defense that drives me nuts. Um, And it didn't work all the time because there was complete, there was complete miscommunication in the back end today. I think we saw that. I mean, if you were watching the game, you had to see that the, the giant secondary didn't didn't come today they 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 really weren't there even the interception from Bradbury was a missed throw from Taysom Hill if that was a Winston 
throw, that ball would have been out and earlier and longer, and we wouldn't have got to that ball. It was an underthrown ball that uh, Bradbury was able to get to. So, you know, for me, uh, I loved what our front did, even though they gave up 120 yards to Kamara. I mean, he's a very tough black to defend. I thought the front really did well. Taysom Hill is a tough runner, put it that way, <laughs> and hard to tackle. So, I mean, you really got to gang tackle him. And he got – you saw him just go into beast mode on a couple runs where it was just impossible to tackle him. And, you know, that that's just how they are. You got you to gotta weather those storms. Kamara and Hill, you got to weather those storms and try to force them into mistakes. So, you know, we we – we did all right. And again, I'm not, I mean, the, I'm impressed. They went down to new Orleans and won the game and came back with the W. Am I excited about the tape tomorrow? No, I don't think any player is going to walk into film feeling comfortable tomorrow going. I had a hundred percent great game. Maybe Barkley, you know, obviously Daniel will feel pretty comfortable about it, but everybody else I think is going to be like, man, we could have done better. We, you know, we left some plays on the field. Defensively. I mean, where did they, you know, you mentioned the back end of the defense, which, you know, they had some, they gave up some big chunk plays here and there, but where, where did they struggle the most? I mean, can you point to the fact that they didn't have Blake Martinez as, as if, as the main factor, or was there something else you were seeing? No, because the front was the front seemed to be in sync, you know, um, it, they really did. I mean, the Saints made some blocks. I mean, hell, they get paid to play too. You know what I mean? It's their business. Um, but they, our front seemed to be in the right spots. So if Blake, if, if it was because Blake's not there, the front would look like a mess. But they didn't. They looked pretty conce- consistent up front. It was our back end. Our safeties, our corners, our nickels, they weren't checking with each other. They weren't communicating properly. You saw Callaway run down the field twice. I mean, the guy has two receptions for 74 yards. One of them was along a 50, 58, you know, um, we gave up some big plays and it was because people were out of position and they weren't passing off correctly and they weren't covering their zones. If you're going to play zone coverage, you got to have smart players because you can't miss a pass off. You can't miss when, a, you know, who's supposed to carry one and who takes two. And when the crosser comes through your zone, who's jumping that? Like you, if you're going to play zone, you have to have very smart players. And um, today the back end looked a little confused, you know, and that's been something we've seen this, this season. The back end is looking confused. A, a couple shows ago, we were talking about the safeties not coming up and filling on the edge and not coming up and filling, you know, in their run lanes. And even that late Taysom Hill uh, run, I thought the safety should have filled that gap because the front slanted. Everybody was taking their gaps, and then the you know the off off tackle uh, hole opened up, and there was nobody there. I'm like, where's the safety? That's a safety position to fill that gap. Um, so you know, again, I I when I watch the film or when I watch the games, I'm thinking the back end is putting more pressure on the front. And the you know to to produce and to you know show up for them when uh, they need to cover a little bit longer, giving the front some time to get there. You mentioned the safeties on that uh, that big play that Bradbury got beat on. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I thought he was supposed to have safety help. I, I don't recall seeing a safety in the picture. 
Is that what you're talking about when you're, when you're talking about, you know, the safeties not being in position? Well, on that play in particular, I didn't get a good look here on the TV copy. So I would have to watch it again to know if he was manned up. He was looking for safety help, expecting it, I should say. So, and Bradbury's a pretty smart player. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone screwed up there. But yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like when you're, when you're a corner, okay, and you're lined up and you're, say, playing quarters, which is four across deep, right? Now you know you have a certain area. But by playing four across deep, seams open up between the two the two people covering. You have to know if you're going to carry your one, the first receiver, to the edge of that seam or if the safety is supposed to pick them up early so you can stay off and in case they run a double guy through your zone. All right? Now, if you don't know that, then the first guy running down the seam looks like, you know, the, the corner messed up, but the safety never came over. So, I mean, is it fair to say that the safeties have been the problem on the back end, or is it a combination of the safeties and corner? Because, I mean, you know. No, there really was a couple not- of corner busts today. There was a couple okay. of corner busts today where the corner cha- carried his guy wrong, and then Kamara's open in the flat when he should have fell off and the safety was right there to pick up his guy, you know? So I'm, I, I don't want to go there, but I think the coaching for the secondary needs to be talked to a little bit because they're not in sync. And whether it's the safeties coach or the corners coach or whatever, they need to be talked to because the front seven looked like they knew what was going on up front, the back end, for a few games has not looked like they know what's going on. Mm. So again, it's easy to fix a, a few extra meetings, a few extra walkthroughs, some film study, some quizzes to make sure they're actually doing it. You can, you can work through this very quickly, very fast, but you have to get them playing consistent because once that back end plays consistent and gives your front one extra count, to get there, they'll get home more. I mean, they're they Lawrence um, and Ojolari and you know those guys up front are Jackson. Like they're all working right. Um, but if you don't give them time to get there, then you know they're just working for not. You got to give them a little time. Yeah, and it just seems like that that back end of the defense has been a consistent uh, problem, if you will, throughout the season. And I'm just surprised that it continues. You know, again, it's coach. If you get it, it's so hard to be like completely negative right now on these guys because you don't. I hate the way the season is set up with preseason the way it is. And they didn't play a lot. A lot of the starters sat out. Well, now what is this? We just got through week four. This used to be the quarter mark of the of the season, right? You know, now we got an extra game, so I don't know if we really got a quarter mark, but let's call it a quarter mark. You got one and three. Well, the Patriots a couple years ago won the Super Bowl coming out of the first quarter one and three. So now it's about what do we see moving forward? You know, in games five through eight, what are we going to see? If we see the improvements, then you know what? They taught them. They learned. Here we go. I mean, their division is still very winnable. So 
it's not like they're out of the race, even, you know, it's nice to have the one win, but they really could have gone on four and still be in the mix. I mean, that's the reality in the NFC East right now. So, um, you know, again, Eagles lost today. I think Washington won and um, Dallas, Dallas won. won. Yeah. So again, they're in the hunt. They still have a lot of division games left to play to really catch and, and make it happen for themselves. But playtime's over. And so you and I were talking about it today. Some of the game management from last week, well, I really got on Coach Judge about, I think creeped in today a little bit. It was very vanilla. Um, there was not a lot of emotion. Like, I, I was hoping to see a, a fiery coach judge today. Like, literally yelling at people, working the refs to get calls, like, you know, throwing a hat. Like, I want to see, like, understand the, 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 the urgency. Where's the sense of urgency? And I didn't see that today. That was disappointing, but they got the win. So, you know, if they, if we were sitting here tonight and they had lost, I'd be really hard about that. I didn't see the passion and the sense of urgency I was hoping to see from coach judge and the, and the coaching staff today, you know, they, they won the game but they had to go to overtime to get it and they couldn't do it in regulation. They had a hell of a fourth quarter scoring 11 points, you know, Um, if they didn't do that, tough, 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 tough day. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's show, but first let me tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love Without the hassle, it's called Direct TV Stream, which brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. That means you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. And the best part is there's no annual contract, nor do you need to buy any special devices. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Go to directtv.com to learn more about DirecTV Stream. Again, that's directtv.com. And Giant fans, before we get back to our discussion with David Turner, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. Choose from nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time offering available in nut and nut-free varieties. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order from BuiltBar.com. They had their first win in the books. They face Dallas on the road next week. Big division game. Um, where did the Giants go from here? What do they focus on? If you're If you're running this team... What do you focus on besides having them work? Because <laughs> we know how how you're, you're a hard nose guy. But what do you have them focus on in terms of things to build on, things that came out of this game that they can build on versus the things that still need some work? Building blocks is, again, the game plan with Barkley and, uh, you know, working some of those concepts, those concepts, those explosive plays into the game plan more um, getting Tony going, you know, obviously John Ross can give you some explosion, but I've, I really was impressed with a few of those run po- um, post catch runs um, runs after catch, I guess is what's called um, that Tony had today. 
I mean, you saw his jitterbugness. You saw his stop, stop and start. You saw his, you know, ability to get to get to make people miss in the in short areas, small confined spaces. So that's that's something I think they have to absolutely target that young man at least eight times a game and give him an opportunity to to show why he was a first round pick and then build on Shaq. I mean, Barkley needs to touch the ball more. He needs to run the ball more. I think Rudolph still needs to run the, or get more targets. I would trade Evan Ingram just to force that personally. I would Billy Bean it. I really would. <laughs> I would get rid of the distraction in Evan Ingram and say, here's Kyle Rudolph, meet him and use him. Thank you. Um, but I'm not running the team. So, but that would be my call. I really would. I'm not, I'm a guy. I've done it to my coaches before when they will not stop doing what they're used to. Mm -hmm. I've cut players. I've traded them. I've gotten rid of them just to make them know that there's other people on the team and then find another way to win. Um, And with that, that's what I would do. But, but building blocks, I think again, getting the secondary to communicate better getting their checks down, maybe simplifying a few of their coverages will help them a long ways. And up front, again, stay consistent with what they did today. I know they didn't have sacks and pressures like we wanted, but I thought they played very disciplined, fun, good football, very fundamental football. They have to get the DBs tackling and they have to get the DBs catching balls. That was something we said last week. They, they dropped interceptions last week, right? Today, they were not tackling. They were not hitting. They were not laying the wood. And they need to do that. So, again, whoever's coaching the DBs, get them out there working, make them hit the Duke, make them catch extra balls, do some tennis ball drills for concentration, get them working. Because if they don't, if they don't pick up their play, next week's going to be a very long game because the Dallas Cowboys have, I mean, they're banged up a little bit, but they have a pretty dang good team. And that quarterback's playing at a very high level right now. Indeed. You know, I, I want to go back to the personnel you know, thing, uh, the the personnel issue, you mentioned that you would, you know, if you were running the team, you would maybe force it on the coaches by trading a guy. I've asked this question of people before. I'm going to ask it of you. Is there such a thing as having too many playmakers? I mean, they have Tony, they've got um, Galladay, you know, when they're healthy, Shepard, Slayton, they have Kyle Rudolph, they've got Saquon Barkley. I mean, do they have too many guys to where they can say, you know what, maybe we need to trim one from the group. And maybe that someone is Evan Ingram, who, by the way, I think is making uh, just a hair over 6 million this year. And then for a team that's strapped salary cap wise, I might add, uh, maybe you make that move to get some of that money back and get you through the rest of the year. So you don't have to keep mortgaging the future. Well, I think Evan, again, I think Evan's contract is, what they would call dead cap money, even if you trade him at this point? I don't think so. No, it's, it's not. It's, okay. No, he's the, he's got a guaranteed, he's, a, he's on the option year. So he doesn't have any signing bonus. If they were to trade him, the new team would take on, you know, assuming that it was a straight up trade and the new team said, you know, oh, Giants, don't you, you, you carry part of it and we'll carry the rest of it. But no, whenever he's traded, the, the remaining prorated part would be picked up by the new team. Unless oh, then I'd get, rid of him. I'd, I'd get rid of him. I, that, that makes it more attractive to get rid of him. Um, you know, send him to Buffalo. I don't care. It's an easy drive up the highway. Um, but, you know, or send him to Jacksonville. I, I hear they're, they're collecting tight ends down there. 
So, you know, that would be fine too. But, you know, for me, I, I don't think there's a thing as too many playmakers because as a personnel guy, you never want your coach coming to, uh, coming to you and going, I don't have anybody We're you know, we're so deplete. I don't, ha- you want in, you want to have these injuries like they had today and still, okay, we'll give you Ross and Tony. Here you go. Make it happen, Captain. You know what I mean? Like, that's the answer is personnel. You want to be able – we have the answers here in the building. You don't want to go shopping for answers outside the building. A, they're typically costly, and B, they don't necessarily mesh or fit with your culture right away. So, you know, for for me, I, I always love having a stacked roster and on cut day having tough decisions because then I know when we get into the season, my coaches have enough to win that you know win during the season each and every game um, no matter what the injuries that come we have competitions at every level and we go from there it, you know all that is is managing players expectations and egos which is part of coaching and they have to figure it out you know that there was a quote on the broadcast today about uh joe judge i guess was behind Belichick one day complaining about all these guys being injured and when he was up there in New England with him and he was like, and Bill Chick just turned around and said, figure it out. That's your job as, as a coach, what that word means, a is teacher and B is problem solver. You have to solve the problems of injuries and game management and things. You have to be a counselor to their ego and their expectations, but that's what you get paid the big bucks to do. And you teach them the game plan each and every week to go out there and execute it. That's what you get paid the big bucks to do. As a personnel guy, I get paid the big bucks to fill this roster with as much talent as possible and fit it under a salary cap. And when I do that, I've done my job. So you have to take them now and coach them. Yeah. All right. I mean, sometimes people will say, you know, is there such a thing as too much because how do you incorporate them all but you know to be fair and let me just take a look real quick at the game book here jones through let's see he had one two three four five six seven so seven different targets galladay tony barkley engram ross rudolph and booker so he spread the ball around just fine it wasn't like you know a few years ago when it was all odell beckham jr and that was it you know right so which used to drive me crazy by the way it drove us all crazy, but again, when you have the ego of Odell in your locker room and you don't feed him 12 balls a game and make sure that he's he's happy at the table, he goes in the locker room and said, well, if you would have worked me more into the game plan, I would have made a difference, blah, 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 blah. And now you got that problem child in there complaining. Mm-hmm. So you try to keep him fed. I don't think they have the egos with, I mean, Galladay has a little bit of an ego, which I like, honestly, I like that tough tenacity that I think he brings to it, but Shepard and Tony so far hasn't shown it. John Ross really doesn't have one. Rudolph doesn't have it. Ingram needs to go. Um, So, (laughs) but, you know, again, I think that they have a good room where they can manage the egos fairly well and manage expectations fairly well. And honestly, the Giants, the Giants identity, which it always should have been, which it always should be, is running the dang ball. 
run the football, mm-hmm. get off the ball line, move people and run the football. Mm-hmm. If you build through the run and that's your identity and you have Shaq and you got Booker, you got Penny, you got people who can run the ball, run the ball, throw to your tight ends, hit your receivers. And guess what? You're only going to run about 60 plays a game, right? And if if Barkley is, is getting 20 touches running and another six, say five catching, that's 25. Now you only have 35 more plays, right? You target you target um, Galladay and Shepard each six times. That's 12. You target Tony six times. That's 18. You target Rudolph four times. You're at 22, right? Now you only have a handful of plays to hand out to the rest of them, but that's going to be a pretty balanced offense. And, you know, they're not going to know on third down, you're definitely going to Galladay or they're definitely going to Ingram. So they can't, you know, box that in because you're spreading the ball around enough to everybody where you cause it, you cause problems. I remember back in the day when, um, Geez, Mike McCarthy was the coach over at Green Bay and they would run so many personnel groups and I would I would I would pull my hair out. I would and they would run so many personnel groups and they'd run so many different and by the end of the first quarter nine guys have touched the ball and you know you just like one or two touches here one or two touches there but then by the end of the game the stars had you know their eight catches or their seven you know or their 15 rushes or whatever but he worked it early in the account like a pitcher does he works the corners early in the count to make you guess what he's going to do the rest of the game and he would mike mccarthy would do that all the time he's doing it in dallas i mean today's game i watched it a little bit i think Dak had nine guys touch the ball in the first half and it was just like you know when nine guys touched the ball in the first half in the second half, the playbook's wide open. Yeah. Well, listen, it was a good first start for the Giants because, like you said, it was a game that I don't think anybody on the outside thought they had a chance of winning. I know I had some significant doubts. But, listen, they've restored some of my faith, my lost faith in them. Moving forward, they've got a big one coming up next week against Dallas. So before we end the show, just real quick, how are you feeling about next week? I know it's early and we still haven't gone through, you know, to find out about the injury status and whatnot, but how are you feeling about next week against Dallas? I think it's a heck of a test. I really do. If the giants are going to have a season because they dropped the game, they should have won early in that Thursday night game in, in Washington. This is really the game they need to steal. And yes, I'm saying steal because right now, Dallas is banged up, and you know what? You can go into Dallas, Jerry Jones's world, and get a game. But you're going to have to, you know, again, you're going to have to steal it. It's not going to be easy. They Their defense is playing. I think they're number one or two in uh, takeaways right now. Um, the number seven guy, Diggs, the corner out of Alabama a couple years ago, has like three interceptions or something already. I mean – you know, he's playing well. The Micah Parsons, who should have been the Giants pick, and they blew that, um, is balling out of control. 
for for Dallas right now. I mean, he's supposed to be the starting Mike linebacker, and he's playing rush end, um, and he's looking good doing it. So, I mean, he's a heck of a football talent. So, you know, again, and then on offense, I mean, Cooper got hurt, I think, today. But Zeke ran well today. They got a two-headed monster running the ball in Pollard and Zeke. Um, Lamb and, you know, the tight ends are showing up for them. Schultz and I, I can't remember the other guy's name. Grim, I think it is, or something like that. But they're showing up in the scorecard, and they're making some catches and stuff. So, you know, if – and, again, if Cooper can't go next week – not Cooper. I'm, uh, yeah, Cooper, Amari Cooper, then um, – they're going to be down Galloway and Cooper, and they're only going to have Lamb, the tight ends, and Zeke. So, again, you're going to be walking into a situation where you got a wounded animal and you got to, you got to put your, your foot on the neck and, and end it. If they choose not to and then they get them later in the season when they're healthy, that's going to be tough because they really have a good receiving core when they're healthy. You know, that's going to be tough. And their offensive line, I believe the guard – that got in trouble for bribing the uh, the the tester um, is still going to be out. So Dale Collins, I think it was right. Yeah, I think he's he's still out. So again, you have an opportunity here. Will you seize it? We we'll see. You know. Hopefully they will. Hopefully they will because you know what i I could get used to talking about wins after after a game. They're a lot more fun, as I've always said to people. You know, who say, oh, you know, what, what's what's harder to cover a loss or win covering a loss? Because, you know, where do you start with losses? And whereas with wins, it's a little bit easier because you can see all the good and even the bad things that, that popped up. And it wasn't a perfect game, you know, this week by any stretch of the imagination, but the mistakes didn't hurt them. They were able to overcome them, which to me was a good sign because in the past, They'd make a mistake and then poof, everything would just kind of fall apart. So that to me was a a big step forward. So great always talking with you. Great talking about a win. And um, we're going to talk again. I know whether it be this week, next week, but uh, we're going to talk again. People love you on the show. And uh, so until the next time, my friend, um, we'll catch you later. And Giant fans, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget Twitter Tuesday coming up. We have the crossover show on Thursday and then in between, I'm going to see if I can sneak in another guest here and there in between. So uh, make sure you keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, thank you for making us our first, your first listen of the day. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.